0: Last week, I started this topic that what we are dealing with as grieving parents certainly was not in our life plan, was it? It wasn't your plan to be listening to a podcast for grieving parents and it certainly wasn't in my plan to host one or to have a full-time ministry of grieving parents. But in this life we don't always get what we planned. We talked last week about how we need to have hope to move forward and that even if it doesn't seem like it, God still has a plan in place to bring blessings into our lives. I shared the first three keys on how to move toward those blessings last week, which were forgiveness, coming into right alignment, and surrendering. If you missed last week's episode, I highly recommend you start there, go back, and then come back and listen to this one. So with that, let's pick up where we left off. I believe with every fiber of my being, the reason I wasn't angry with God when Becca died is because I had learned many years ago to abide in him, no matter what, good times, bad times, to remain in him. And if you heard last week's, you know that I had a three-year-old with cancer who had her leg amputated. And our family, we have gone through some really extreme things like that. And a lot of things that we've gone through are things that many families just don't deal with. And so, because I have seen the faithfulness of God over and over again in my life, I was hurt. I was in that suffocating blackness and darkness, but I knew better than to be angry with God because I knew I desperately needed Him to get me through this. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And for many years I used to think that dwelling and abiding were pretty much the same thing that this verse was just kind of repeating itself and I didn't really get it. But many years ago one of our kids was going through something that was extremely difficult and and it was something that just it it was just something really really hard. And it was during that time I finally understood the Holy Spirit just gave me more insight into Psalm 91, into those first two verses of what he was saying. Now, it talks about how he who dwells in the secret place. And a dwelling place is your home. That's where you live. Then it says that we shall abide in the shadow. To abide means to wait for to endure without yielding, to bear patiently, to accept without objection, to continue in a place, or to remain stable or fixed. So if I plug that meaning into this verse, it means that when we choose to live and dwell in the secret place of God's presence, that we will remain stable in a fixed place under God's place of shade. Now, that doesn't mean we won't be in the heat. You know that there are times when the heat is just so hot, being in the shade doesn't help any. But this has a whole lot more with being, not doing. It's coming to a place of rest, not striving to get God to do something, but resting in what he is doing behind the scenes after we place something in his hands. So if you have... Given this to God, you've given this pain and the suffocating darkness and this whole everything that comes with it, then you can be guaranteed that He is working behind the scenes. And I know it doesn't feel like it. I know our darkness is so dark, and we can pray and feel like God's not here. He's not answering me. I don't feel Him. And I think we're just so numb and in such a dark place that it just takes over. And it takes a long time for us to be able to feel God again sometimes, not all the time, but for many, it takes a long time to feel his presence and to to begin seeing light in that darkness. So this dwelling and abiding, it's coming to a place of rest in what God is doing, whether we can see to feel it or not. And because I had learned this, when Becca died, even though everything came crashing down, I was able to remain fixed on him being my source of everything I needed. That doesn't mean I wasn't angry about the situation. I wasn't confused. I was in that dark, suffocating place. I couldn't function, but I knew that I had to hold on to God with everything I had and you can be in this place too. You can put yourself in a place of rest where you are not striving to get God to do something, but resting in what he is doing behind the scenes after placing this whole suffocating dark mess in his hands. And remaining or resting in him allowed me to be part of something so much bigger than myself, truly above and beyond what I could have asked for or even thought of when Becca died. I became an author. My husband and I founded this ministry that we now live in a motorhome and travel the nation to minister and provide support and resources for grieving parents. I'm a a podcast host. All these things that I'm doing that I, I would have never done, and this is so much bigger than me or anything I could have thought of at, at the time in that place of darkness, we have to accept that there are going to be answers. We just are not going to receive this side of heaven. And if you're not fighting him... You can just rest in who he is knowing that he is working on giving you a firm foundation for your life. He is taking you off the shifting sand and putting you on the rock. Remember when Jesus talked about the wise man and the foolish man and the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. And when the storms come, everything comes crashing down. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we thought we had our our life built on the rock until this happened. And then everything comes crashing down. And he is going to rebuild your life so that you really truly are your life. The foundation of your life is built on the rock. Another key is to change the why question. When terrible things happen in our lives, we often ask God, why? Why did you let this happen? How many times in the past have you had something happened that seemed to be bad or wrong, but you found out later that it was actually God doing something you couldn't see at the time? Now, hear me out, because remember, I have been in that place of suffocating darkness myself after the death of my daughter. And I've told God just to kill me now and take me off this earth. I did not want to be here anymore. I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to live. I didn't want to be here. I want to give you an example of something that I mean by this when Dave and I first got married, his first job out of college was with a nonprofit organization, and so they didn't pay very well. He's in IT. He had a four-year degree. He was told, go work in a big city. They'll hire there if you want to live in our area, get experience, and then come back, and he just didn't feel like God was calling him out of the area. And so he finally got a job that was building an IT department in a nonprofit organization. So that meant that the pay was not very good, but they made up for it in benefits, in insurance. And so at the time, we had no idea. It was not in our plan for our daughter to get cancer, but she did. And the insurance was so good that our bill would have been in the hundreds of thousands of dollars when all of that was done. And we paid less than $1,000 for all of that because the insurance was so good. And so we may have been really disappointed and frustrated that the income was very difficult to live on and I had a job also, but God knew that we would need the insurance a whole lot more than the income with his first job. Like I said last week, we need to realize that the death of our child did not blindside God. He knows what we cannot possibly know, and he can see what we cannot possibly see. And I read something in a book today, actually, and someone was talking about, he had heard, it was someone who'd lost a child, and he had had someone tell him, you know, the last thing I want is a God that I can control, a God that has limits, and a God that I can make him do what I want or need him to do, because then he's not big enough to be God. The fact is, Our child is safe in the Father's arms. Our child is with Him. They're in a wonderful place. And I know that doesn't substitute being here. We want them here with us, but they're in a good place. And if you have a a fear that maybe your child isn't in heaven, I just want to encourage you right now that you don't have all the information. You don't know that. You don't know that. Your child could have received the Lord at any time in his or her life, and you didn't know it. And including the moment when they crossed over into death, they could have cried out to Jesus. And in that moment, he accepted them and received your child with open arms. We can either have fear in the unknown, or we can have faith in the unknown. And we get to choose. You get to choose. Are you going to have fear in what you don't know? Or are you going to have faith and trust God in what you don't know? And when we think about it, our child doesn't have to face the pain and the tragedies that this world is putting us through. And I know that's a, a bittersweet thing. We're glad for that, but we still want him here with us, don't we? Most Perevers, it's interesting, who have been on this journey for quite a while that I've talked to, will say, I mean, we're a different person. And when you're in those beginning years, you don't like who you've become. It's it's just such a dark place. And, and sometimes it's kind of a mixture, we have more patients, and yet we have less patients, because everybody's, you know, they get upset about the smallest things, the dumbest things. And it's like, oh, my goodness, how could you possibly be upset about something that small? But we are a different person after our child dies. But as you continue to go on, Most of the perievers that I've talked to, like I said, who have been on this journey for several years will say they would not want to go back to the person they were before their child died. Because there are so many good changes in us that come, believe it or not, it can happen. And I believe it will happen if you continue to just rest in God and let him be at work in you in this place of darkness. When we think of our loss, our pain can make it hard to even breathe at times. But when we think of our child's gain, it does lift some of that suffocating darkness. It allows us to see a glimmer of hope and even the possibility that maybe God isn't as cruel as we thought he was. Maybe it is possible to believe that we can live again and actually even find happiness while finishing our time on this earth. So, what do we change the why question to? I suggest, instead of asking why, you begin to ask how. And what I mean by that is asking God things like, how are you going to get me out of this darkness? How are you going to make good on your promise that you say you're going to work things out for good to those who love you and are called to your purposes? God, I I see it as impossible. How can you possibly work something good from the death of my child? How, God, are you going to get me to a place where I want to live again? Those are the how questions. And I believe that when we begin asking God those kinds of how questions, he sits back and it's like, I'm so glad you asked. Let me show you. And he will be at work. Our scars mean that we will never forget but they don't mean we'll never be able to function again. When I was around three years old, I got my ankle caught in the spokes of a bicycle and it took out a chunk of my ankle. I actually got staph infection and the muscle and all the skin, everything, I know it sounds kind of gory, it all fell out. And I have a permanent scar on my ankle from that when I was little. I remember coming up to Wisconsin, we lived in Missouri at the time, And we came up during the summer for a visit. And I remember I had to watch everyone else go swimming. And while I, back then, you'd use a bread wrapper. You'd put a bread wrapper on whatever couldn't get wet. And so I had this bread wrapper on my foot. As a matter of fact, I think I remember it was bunny bread. And this bread wrapper on my foot. And all I could do was dangle my good foot in the water and sit on the edge and watch everybody play. Now, I totally recovered. But I still have a scar on my ankle, and I always will, and that ankle is just a little bit weaker than the other ankle. When my husband Dave was 48 years old, he ended up having quadruple bypass surgery. He had major blockages, and he didn't have a heart attack. He had symptoms. They went in for testing. They were going to put a stent, and they brought him right back out and said, He needs bypass. And his recovery took a long time and he still has some effects from it. He has a permanent scar reminding us what he went through. You've heard me talk about my daughter's amputation of her leg when she was only three years old. The scar on her stump from her missing leg is a lot like the emotional scar that we carry when our child has been cut off from us on this earth. But the comparisons don't stop at the scar of the injury. Did having a staph infection in my ankle, keep me from ever swimming again? Mm -mm, No way. I love to swim and be in the water, especially in warm places with beautiful beaches. Did having an amputation keep Becca from running and playing with the other children? No, it didn't. It may have slowed her down some and caused her to adapt how she ran and how she played. There were times that she had to sit back when other kids were doing things and just watch. She ran differently than the other kids. She couldn't keep up. She couldn't run as fast. Yeah, there were a lot of changes in her life, but it didn't stop her from living a fun and fulfilled life. Does the death of our child mean that our life is over and we will never be able to live a full life again? Unfortunately, there are some parents that will tell you, yes, but I'm here to tell you, no, it doesn't. We do need time to go through the recovery process, for lack of a better word, and we need time to learn how to function with our child no longer here, but it doesn't mean we will never be able to function again. We will go through times when everyone around us is splashing and playing While we're unable to participate because of our wounds, we'll go through times when we can't function and we have to wait for more healing. We'll go through times when we have to adjust the way we do things. We will forever bear the scar of our amputation, of our child being cut off from us. We will always have reminders that that part of us is missing, but we're not permanently injured to the point of being out of commission for the rest of our lives. If you are in the first one to three years of grief, especially, this may sound impossible, but I assure you, it isn't our lives will never be the same. You know that we'll never be the same. But within that, We can allow the death of our child not to be wasted. We can allow God's love to wash over us and to heal us and to take this change in us and use it against the enemy who brought death into this world. So don't give up. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on hope. Don't give up on happiness and laughter and joy. Hang on one day, one minute, one breath at a time if that's where you are. When it's time to do nothing but rest, that's okay. Do nothing but rest and cry or whatever else you need to do, sleep. When it's time to get up and push your way through, do it. Fight for it. Knowing others have been able to live beyond the death of their child reminds you that it is possible. Plus, we'll be your greatest encouragers because we understand the process, we've been through it ourselves. And especially, don't give up on God. God did not do this to you. Yes, for some reason, which we may never know this side of eternity, he allowed the death of your child and my child. We are going to deal with pain and suffering in this life because we live in a fallen, sinful world. We're not immune to these things hitting us as believers in Christ. We have to understand that so that when these things hit us, our faith isn't shattered and we fall apart and we blame God for something the enemy has caused and done. Losing a child is like having an amputation, and just like our daughter Becca learned how to live a fulfilled life with meaning and purpose, you can too. It will look different than the life you had planned. You will have limitations, but you can learn to live a life of meaning and purpose again, not in spite of your child's death, but because of his or her life. Two months after Becca died, I did something that was really unusual at that time and it turned out to be something so good for me in my place of deep grief that as soon as we started GPS Hope several years ago, I really wanted to figure out how to give other bereavers the same opportunity and I'm so excited that we're finally able to do that and right now you're going to hear about what that is. Do you wish you could spend time with others who have also lost a child, just be able to take your mask off and hang out with others who get it? Would you like to get away for a few days having no responsibilities, including cooking and cleaning, and just be... Want to attend a grief retreat to help with a measure of needed healing? Do you like to travel to beautiful tropical destinations? Well, GPS Hope is joining the Grief Cruises Seminar at Sea program, which is the only onboard programming created specifically for grieving families. It doesn't matter how much time has passed since the loss of your child or the age of your child when he or she passed. Some of the activities going on will be daily workshops with educational and captivating grief presenters, small group circles of hope specific to your type of loss. There will be a candle walk and night of remembrance on one of the decks to honor our children and those we've lost. Our group dinners will be reserved in a section of the dining room where we'll be able to sit together when we eat our meals musical performances, arts and crafts and more, plus the live entertainment on the ship, shore excursions, and incredible food of a five-star cruise. This cruise seminar is for any type of loss: grandchildren, siblings, spouse, parents, and GPS Hope will have several workshops at this seminar specifically for bereaved parents. It's December 5th through the 11th of this year, 2021, you can put down a deposit and make payments up through September 21st, and you can get a full refund on your cabin until September 21st. Get all the information, including the itinerary and the prices, at gpshope.org cruise. If you sign up through our website, you'll also be helping us continue providing support and resources for grieving parents because GPS Hope will receive a portion of your seminar fee. So go to gpshope.org cruise for all the information. Let your family and friends know about it. And Dave and I hope to see you in December on the ship. I know you may feel like a cruise is something you do to have fun and you just can't do that because you would feel so guilty. But let me tell you, it is so wonderful to have all of your physical needs taken care of so that you can concentrate on reaching another level of healing for your soul. It's also awesome to be able to hang out with other people and just spend time with other people who get it and you don't have to explain anything. You can have conversations that you can't have with other people in your life. It's a it's an incredible opportunity. The grief seminar itself happens during the days at Sea and you will be surrounded by almost a full week by those who get it and understand what it's like to lose a child. I really hope you'll at least take a look at the information about this cruise. Just go to gpshope.org cruise, and we'll also have a link to that in the show notes. Let's go on to this week's birthdays. Greg London was born on April 8th and is forever 34. Michael Rhodes was born on April 11th and is forever 18. Malish Caspian-Arova was born on April 11th and is forever 9 weeks old. Megan Small was born on April 11th and is forever 21. We celebrate the day that these children came into the world. We know it's important to remember that. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced on the podcast to our listeners, I would love to be able to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just fill out the form, hit submit, and your child will be put on the list and I will announce his or her birthday that week. God has a plan for every single one of us. It's a plan that has blessings for you and for me that we don't even know about yet. No, this was not in our plan to be listening to a podcast for grieving parents. And while God did not do this to you, for some reason, God decided to make it part of his plan for you. And once you can believe this truth, you will be well on your way to receiving the light, life, peace, and blessings God has for you beyond the darkness and the pain. So remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.